You are listening to the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show podcast on Gear 30 Radio. Adventure for your ears. Shop Gear 30 premier mountain equipment and improve your outdoor experience. Gear 30 Radio! Well, you can tell everybody. Yeah, you can tell everybody. Go ahead and tell everybody. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. Yes, I am, yes, I am. All right, sweet. So we got Luke Nelson, Patagonia runner, La Sportiva ski mountaineer, family man in studio it's with true. us. Thanks for coming down from Idaho. How's the drive? Uh, a little wet, but not too bad. A little rainy? Yeah. Um, thanks for joining us here. I know we're going to do a Gear 30 Basics in a few about ultra running. Correct. And cover the basics. But uh, I was on your blog, and I'm impressed, man. You have a storied past. Uh, talk to me about the challenge of balance. You're involved in a lot of things. <laughs> I got a lot of things going on. Yeah. Uh, certainly a lot of balls in the air. and. Uh, trying to keep my running life and my professional career life as well as family life and the other things I volunteer doing all going seems pretty overwhelming at times. You have a planner? How do we do? <laughs> kind of. My phone, sort <laughs> of. Phone, yeah. I kind of wing it most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is that the secret? Or <laughs> I think so. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just, just kind of taking it. it a moment at a time and deal with, with right, what's right in front of you and handle the problems as they come, I guess. So just to, to sur- summarize, I read an interview that you did with IRunFire.com and mm-hmm. and basically um, you were involved in a lot uh, from beginning. You were like an amateur climber and snowboarder and even worked here up in Eden at the Guiden. Yeah, with Diamond Peaks. Diamond Peak. Yeah. Tell me about your extensive um, skiing before you actually started guiding. Interestingly enough, it was actually all snowboarding before right. I started guiding. Um, I grew up snowboarding. Uh, my family was really supportive of being outside. Um, and so that's what I did growing up. I wasn't really involved with team sports. Uh, I kind of ran with the different crowd. Um, did a lot of climbing when I was younger. And as I got older, it kind of evolved into uh, a pseudo snowboarding career uh, where I got to work <laughs> with head snowboards and I never got paid any money, but I got to travel around and do rad things. Um, at a young age could be yeah. awesome. So. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. It was kind of in the heyday of snowboarding, I think, mm-hmm. at least in those days when everything was wild. And, sure. Um, and that kind of evolved into the more professional aspect and started doing a little bit of guiding with Crego uh, up at Diamond Peaks. Yeah. Uh, and one of the first days that I was up there, uh, he said, hey, can you ski? I said, well, uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I snowboard really good. <laughs> and, and he said, well, we prefer our guides to be on skis unless they're working with only snowboard clients. Now, did so. you have split boards at that time? or was it, it was right at the time when they were first kind of coming out. And I did have one of the early volley split decisions. Uh-huh. Um, but they weren't really dialed. Um, and so that weekend after he asked me that, I rented a pair of skis and learned how to ski. And the you next taught week, yourself? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just went out and <laughs> fell down yeah. a few times, and sure. uh, I, I'm still not a very pretty skier. I still ski like a snowboarder. Yeah, um, uh, but I guided uh, after that on skis for the most part. Uh, right in our backyard here, basically, yep. right? Yep, up at Powder Mountain. Sweet, that's that's pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, also, I've you know, speaking of how you got to where you are now and how you became prolific in endurance sports stems from maybe you're you're in high school and lack of team sports and I pulled this quote from the ironfire.com interview quote I didn't need a bunch of guys to slap me on the ass and tell me I was awesome end quote talk about that (laughs) well you know there's there's a certain kind of jock mentality where these guys feel like they always have to build each other up and and their whole uh, self-worth is dependent upon that and I didn't feel like I needed that Um, I got 
maybe my self-worth more from accomplishing something in the mountains or, uh, or at that time I did a lot of skateboarding. So, yeah. uh, by not getting arrested, I guess would be what I was accomplishing <laughs> then. Cause you're a hardcore <laughs> skateboarder in areas you're not supposed to yeah, skateboard. Of course, that's what you do as a skateboarder, yeah. you get in trouble. <laughs> uh, and so that's, that's where I found fulfillment and I continue to this day to be able to my kind of self-worth or, or in balance comes from being in the mountains. How does that work for you? How do the mountains provide that? I think, uh, part of it is that I just get to be free. Uh, there's so many things that I have going on, uh, with family and work and, and even with running and the requirements as an athlete that when I go run or, or ski in the mountains, that's all I have to worry about. I don't have to think about anything else. And so it's this awesome outlet, um, that I thrive in. So you do have a family. Yeah. How often do you get to spend time with them in the outdoors? Uh, we try a lot. Uh, we have two young daughters, a uh, six-year-old and a three-year-old. And so it's, they're kind of challenging age. Uh, they're at the age where you can't carry them out into the back country. Right. They don't do it on their own and they can't go very far uh, by their own power. And so <laughs> yeah. it's challenging. You can't um, throw a 30-pound pack on them yet. And... Well, you can, but they don't want to stay in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, yeah. <laughs> so, so what we try to do is incorporate it with our lives. That's something my wife and I always have strived to do is we didn't want our lives to stop when we had kids. We wanted it to keep going and our kids to be part of it. Sure. And so when we go to races, they get stoked because we're going to go camp at a race and they're going to see their friends that they only see when we're at races. Sure. Um, and, and that is kind of how we incorporate it now. And we spend a lot of time exploring the backyard, hiking around, playing in the stream, and hopefully this will evolve into a lifetime of mountain pursuits for them as well. Yeah, we can only hope. Sure, that's yeah. why you do it. And you spent, you know, a lot of time in the mountains, obviously, and, and unfortunately, we spend that much time. You might see a good friend or, or somebody get hurt or die. You've had that happen. Yes. Um, how has that shaped your view of nature? Uh, she's harsh. Yeah. Um, I think that, and particularly right now, we're at a uh, two-year anniversary of a good friend uh, just last week uh, that passed away, Steve Romeo. Uh, who was a big influence to me. And I think the big thing that when you have a friend that dies in the mountains, it reminds you that the mountains don't really care. As much as you care about them, they don't care back. So um, you can be nice to the mountains. And it's and, and you might still die. Right. Um, and that's part of why I've become a runner. Uh, I, there were certain levels of risks uh, with even ski guiding or heli skiing, um, with a lot of the kayaking and whitewater uh pursuits that I had that I just didn't think they were acceptable risks for any, for me anymore. And so I transitioned more into running. Uh, I could still get in the mountains to get my time. Uh, but I would come home at the end of the day. Sure. I forgot about kayak. I didn't even mention that. You still get out in, in paddle every, every once, once in a while. while yeah, yeah. Yeah. The boats are a little dusty right now, but yeah. <laughs> occasionally I get out. So, um, you did, you started out running your first marathon you didn't have a lot of training from what I read. <laughs> it was on a bet. It was, it was a really bad <laughs> Which idea. Which is how you always should run your first marathon. <laughs> I wonder what the percentage of the first timers is a bet. Or some 50. day or something. Yeah, I would think it's high. pretty high. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was working at a ski shop at the time and uh, a coworker bet me uh, that I couldn't do it. And like it was, a Coke or like, like was this no, like, it was just like, it's just like an honor bet. Like, yeah. I just don't think you can do that. And I yeah. said, yeah, I can. And so <laughs> that night I went out for a run and I ran five miles. Um, and I couldn't walk for like two days afterwards. I was super sore. Yeah. And I was like, well, we're not going to really train. We'll just go run it. Might as well. Cause yeah. then you got to jump from five to 26. Yeah. There's and... just, just all this training you'd have to do in between and soreness. Yeah. And, and so I just, I signed up for the marathon and, and ran it and ran pretty well. Yeah. Uh, was... Kind of ironically. 
Uh, was it three hours or three oh eight? Three oh eight. Yeah. <laughs> First match. I see that. Yeah. So at what point did you tell yourself, you know, I could probably I could probably run pretty far. I could probably do this. At the end of that, right when I finished, I was like, Wow, that was pretty cool. And then I had to go to work that afternoon and I had to sit on a stool the rest of the day because oh, yeah. I couldn't walk. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I, I think that with a lot of people who do what I do now, it's you have a short memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I forgot pretty quickly the painful part and just enjoy sure. remembered the part that I enjoyed. Uh, and that's the next, uh, that winter, uh, I had some friends invite me to a ski mountaineering race. Uh, it's the, it was in Jackson Hole and it happened to be the U.S. Championships. Uh, and they said, hey, you're good at skiing in the backcountry. You should come try this race. And the way they put it is you should toe the line against the mutants and see how you stand. And I was like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, and That's so how it's worded. That sounds good. Yeah. 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 Oh, that sounds weird. Like there's going to be some crazy guys there. And I went out and I raced and, and I finished it, which I felt was a big accomplishment on kind of minimal training and, and did pretty well as just outside of the top 10. And, and that's kind of when I decided, Hey, I, I may be good at this kind of thing. Sure. And then do you remember your first ultra? Yeah, it was El Vaquero Loco oh, 50K okay. up in Star Valley, Wyoming. Yeah. Um, and I actually had done a lot of trail running leading up to that, that summer, um, and one of continues to be one of my very best friends today, Ty Draney, the race director had invited me up and said, Hey, you should come up, try out the race. And, uh, I, I remember meeting Leland Barker, mm-hmm. uh, the race director of the bear 100 at the starting line. And he introduced himself and said, I've won this three times. Uh, let's go. Oh. And, and, <laughs> and had an amazing day, uh, out running the Vaquero, uh, edged, uh, Leland out for the win. And, uh, I've gone back every year so far. That's Same amazing. Race. Yeah. Congratulations. What does your traveling schedule look like this year? Uh, it's stacking up. Uh, Transvulcania yeah. will be my first race. So back to the Canary Islands. Um, then I'll be racing uh, Bighorn 100, uh, Speed Goat 50K. Yeah, right here in Utah. Back to El Vaquero yeah. in August. Uh, I'm then going to be heading to Sweden for 10 days to do a running expedition in uh, uh, above the Arctic Circle. Oh, wow. Uh, and then coming back in time for the Wasatch 100 and finish it off with the rut, uh, 50K up in Montana. Oh, I haven't heard of the rut yet, so. It's the Skyrunning World Championships finale this year. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, first time race last year up at Big Sky, burly mountain race. So you did, well, I think, a two or three Sky? Yeah, I did three run? last year, yep. Okay. Yeah. In the Skyrunning World Series, right. I did uh, Transvulcania, Speedgo, and U-Rock okay. for the races last year. Well, good luck this year. Thanks. Uh, powder keg in a couple weeks? Powder keg tomorrow. Oh my gosh. No, it is tomorrow. Oh my gosh. No, we're supposed to be there. We are there. I was just thinking, oh, it's some weekend off in the future. Tomorrow. Yeah. So you're down here for that. All right. Well, good luck tomorrow. We'll probably see you there. Um, Awesome. And then any advice for those tackling their first ultra? Uh, It's just the same as running a mile. It's one foot in front of the other. Just do it for a little longer. A little longer. Well, thanks for your time, Luke Nelson, um, Patagonia ambassador and lots more team. And then you have some more sponsors too, as well. Yeah, First I'm Endurance, First Endurance and, uh, Smith Sunglasses. Sweet. So, um, yeah, thanks again. And thanks for coming down to the shop and doing a little gear 30 basics for us. I appreciate it. No problem. Glad right, to be thanks. here. Thanks, man. You are listening to the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show podcast on Gear 30 Radio. Adventure for your ears. Shop Gear 30 Premier Mountain Equipment and improve your outdoor experience. Gear 30.